Hey guys, welcome to my new podcast, Move Your Mind. I decided to launch this podcast after spending the last decade traveling around Australia and overseas, speaking at schools, organizations, in the media, basically speaking to anyone that would listen to me about mental health, well-being and vulnerability. I've been sharing my own story, I've been helping share other people's stories and really just letting people know that it's okay to talk honestly, it's okay to talk openly, it's okay to be who you are. We're all on a different path, we're all on a different journey and we're all working things out at different paces. But the one thing that's missing in the world is being comfortable just being ourselves. We've got a long way to go in that area and that's part of what I've really tried to get a message across and and this podcast is just about that. Every week we're going to be speaking to different professionals, wellness experts, different celebrities. We're going to speak to personalities that you may have heard of. But whoever the guest is, the core of the conversation is about let's drill down to what is this person about? What have they been through? What do they believe in? What do they really care about? And what are some hardships they've been through? What are some techniques that they've learned that have helped them get through? What are some techniques that they've learned that help them thrive on a daily basis? What are things that they do daily that just make them feel good, whether that be going for a walk, listening to music, going for a jog, exercising? You know, there's so many different things and everyone's got their own take on it. So really my goal of this is to continue the work that I've been doing in an audio format that can be delivered to you anytime, anywhere and, you know, take away a few of these key concepts. People have been through so many different things and it's out there, so why not speak to them and try and distill it into information that's palatable for you guys? So a little bit about my journey. I grew up uh, being very into competitive sport. I wanted to be a professional athlete. That was all I wanted to do and I trained at an obsessive level, really at a point of, I, I would call it addiction. And I didn't know it at the time, but the reason I was doing that is because I had my own issues with anxiety, with overthinking, OCD, you know, these behavior patterns that I did not have the self-awareness to identify. I was able to cope in school because I excelled at sport, but I had huge underlying issues. And the way I coped was I competed at this high level. I got results. That was like buying a ticket to popularity in school. And that got me through. I had grown up in an environment where I had a well-known father and that added extra pressure that I put on myself mentally that I felt like I've got to step out of that shadow and prove myself and prove that I am enough and that I can be my own person. It really fueled this desire to be a professional athlete. And I pushed myself to the point where from the age of about 11 till 16, 17, I was training for six or seven hours a day I would wake up at sometimes two or three in the morning, hide bricks under my bed, uh, get up, train for three or four hours with these bricks until it was about six, six thirty in the morning when I'd hear my mum get up. I'd pretend I had just gotten up and I'd go for a run for an hour and a half, go to school, go to training that night. At this point, I was training uh, to be in athletics. I wanted to be a professional middle distance runner. So I'd go to training and I would triple what my coach gave me. And I remember getting home and literally not being able to walk up the stairs to to go to bed. I was that exhausted. And this went on from the age of 11 till 16, 17. And it had huge, huge impacts. Uh, I It stunted my physical development, for one thing. At the age of 16, 17, I was still built like a 12-year-old. And that had huge emotional impacts on me. 
didn't develop socially at all in my entire teenage years. I would isolate myself. I would, you know, I was afraid of my own shadow. I had two or three really close friends that I had grown up with. So luckily I had them. But apart from that, I couldn't talk to other people. I couldn't look someone in the eye and have a conversation. I was hiding all of this from my parents. Again, like an addiction, I was ashamed of it, but I couldn't stop. It was compulsion. I had to feel in control. I had to push myself to that level. And it got to a point where in my final year of school, my body broke down and I had to stop sport. That was like a death sentence to me. I didn't feel like there was a point to my future if I couldn't compete as an athlete. That's all I cared about. And I couldn't do anything about it. I had beaten my body to a pulp. No amount of rehabilitation would get me back. It coincided with finishing at school, deferring from uni, going overseas and just crumbling. I wasn't coping. I um, did a gap year. You know, I, could, I didn't have any social skills. I was so lacking in self-esteem that I had to come home early. And it was around this time that I first discovered alcohol. Unfortunately, almost overnight, this discovery turned into the new compulsion, the new obsession, the new form of escapism for me. And I found very quickly that when I would drink and drink and drink, I would be able to forget, forget about all my problems. But more importantly to me at that time, because I was so insecure, it gave me the fuel to feel free. And I could go and talk to anyone, do anything. And that was freedom for that moment. But then I'd wake up and I'd feel 10 times worse and the problem would exacerbate and uh, worse than that. I went through around this time a three or four year period where I was getting in life-threatening events often weekly, sometimes more than once a week. And I'd, I would be drinking until I was the last man standing and often not the last man standing. I would be collapsing. I was in, in terrible incidents every week at Climax. I had been out for a, a uh, night out with my friends. Uh, my parents were away. I decided to take the family car out for a drive after I'd gotten home had my best friend lying across the back seat of the car, was going about 90 kilometers down a main road. Something clicked in my head. I thought, what am I doing? I've got to go home. Went to turn it around, hit a traffic island and span out of control and wrapped around a tree. Uh, the side of the car that got crushed in half was the side my friend's head was facing. So had he not had a reflex action and jolted up, he would have been killed instantly. Luckily, he wasn't. He still had a huge gash taken out of his arm. He had a big cut on his face. He had to get stitches. Um, yeah, it wasn't a pretty incident. And this became, you know, a, at the time, a, a big news story in Australia. I couldn't leave the house. We had media camped out the front. And I remember thinking at the time, this has got to change. I've almost killed my best mate. I have let my family down. I've let my friends down. I've got to make a change here. I've got to make a change if I want to have a future because I'm getting in these crazy situations. And I really believed it and I didn't know how. I didn't have a plan. And the mistake I made is I didn't, I still didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't really want to open up and I didn't go and say to anyone, I'm struggling. I need help. I don't know what to do. You know, I was too scared to show that emotion. And a few weeks went by where I, you know, stopped the drinking and I was hoping that I would be able to fix things. And I very quickly fell back into the same pattern of going out and drinking and partying and using alcohol as escapism and getting into life-threatening events. It got to a point where I was almost catatonic. I couldn't get out of bed. 
My mum had to drag me, physically drag me to go and see a psychologist. Uh, found out in that first session with the psychologist that I was severely depressed, which at that point in time to me was a shock. Because even after all of this stuff I'd been through, all of you know this crazy behavior, I thought, no, I'm stronger than that. And I can't be depressed. I'm, I'm a man and I can push through anything. But it quickly became a relief getting this news because I was told by this psychologist, this is something that a lot of people go through and this is something that there is a way through. There's a way to get through this. And I started working with her and I still was in a really bad way, but it was a relief to me to know that there was a way to get through this. I, uh, not long after that, found another course at university. It was a business entrepreneurship course. By this point, I couldn't be a professional athlete, so I thought, well, what's the next best thing I can do? In my mind, it was I want to start businesses, and I found this course and got in, only to find that I uh, had to do 15 oral presentations in the first semester. And mind you, these are in front of four or five people in each session, but it didn't matter. In my mind, uh, you know, I still couldn't talk one-on-one with someone I couldn't look someone in the eyes and it was the worst it was the most terrifying thing I could imagine doing talking in front of anyone so for two weeks I tried to pull out of the course I was panicking I was meeting the course coordinator about to pull out of the course and the only reason I didn't was because at this point I had this team behind me I had my mum I had my best friend who not long before this I had opened up to about what I had been going through And I thought, she's never going to look at me the same again. You know, she's not going to see me as uh, the same Nick. And I told her, and it was the opposite. She was there for me. I had her. I had had my psychologist, my mum, my best friend. And these people rallied around me and pushed me to stay in this course. And not because they thought, you know, this is the ideal path for me. It was because they knew as well as I did that I had to do something at that point. I had to have some sort of purpose because I had gone through such a long period of having no purpose and being off the rails in these life-threatening situations. And if I pulled out, I would probably go down that path again. And it's a point that is so important. We need to have people around us that support us and vice versa. To this day, I still have three people in my daily life that I can talk to 24-7 about anything. And I give them the same. And it might be at two in the morning, but you're panicking and you just need some, you know, to rationalize what you're thinking give them a call, send them a message, and often it can take 30 seconds to put your mind back in the right place. I can't recommend that highly enough to everyone listening to this. So because of that, I decided to stay in this course. I, um, and I remember just being terrified, sick to my stomach. I remember turning up for these presentations and I would have it written out word for word on a sheet of paper. I would be standing in front of this group of, you know, five people, I'd be looking down at the floor, I'd be shaking and mumbling and and just made a, you know, did a horrible job of it. I, and I remember I'd be vomiting before I'd go out and do it, but I got through it. And I had to do these again and again and kept doing a terrible job. I remember my mind would be telling me, Nick, you're going to fail, you're pathetic, you don't deserve to be here, you have nothing good to say, you're the laughing stock. And, you know, that's severe that I'd be vomiting before I go out there, but because of the situation I had to do it and I got through it and I did it and my worst case scenario almost came true I was terrified of stuffing it up well I didn't do a good job and nothing bad happened in fact people were supportive of me 
because they saw this as a guy just having a crack at something. It taught me one of the most important lessons I've learned to this day, which is just not listening to every thought that goes through our mind, not having to acknowledge it, not having to give every thought justice. Because by the end of it, I actually got comfortable doing these talks. After the three years in that course, I'd stand up and I was actually quite good at doing them. And I would still have some of those thoughts there saying, you know, Nick, you, what if you stuff up? What if this happens? And I knew instantly, no, I've done enough of these now that I know that thought's not true. So the thought didn't go away, but I was able to dismantle that thought and just push it to the side and say, no, that's wrong. I know I can do it. And that's what a lot of this is about. It's not about getting rid of thoughts. We have thousands and thousands of thoughts every day, good, bad, or indifferent. It's about being able to move forward regardless. It's not take the easy path, but do what's best for us. And if that means going through difficult times, if that means confronting difficult things, if that means doing things that are uncomfortable, then do it anyway and be able to acknowledge what your mind's telling us. And it's a really important technique that we use, you know, in this current period. So I got through this course. Not long after that, I was asked to go on a reality show called Dancing with the Stars, which, you know, hopefully no one listening to this ever saw me on it. If you did, I apologize. I'm probably the worst dancer in the history of that show. I'm still terrible. I (laughs) have no fluidity at all. Um, I looked like a brick trying to move around on it. But I got asked to do this show and uh, my competitive side kicked in and straight away I said, yes, you know, this is the closest thing I'm going to get to competing as an athlete again. Not thinking about it. Woke up the next morning in a cold sweat thinking, what the fuck have I got myself into? I just got over this fear of speaking. Now I've got to go and dance on live television with three million people around the country watching this show. I don't even dance if I'm out with my friend. Yep, I am stuffed. And I was on the phone to the producer about to pull out of it. And the only reason I stayed in was because I drew on that experience when I was at university. And I reminded myself that I got through that. And that was the most terrifying thing at the time that I could imagine doing, but I got through it. And I thought, you know what? If I apply that same thinking to this show, maybe I can get through this as well. So I drew on it. I remember that first episode still to this day is the most terrified I've been in my life. But I got through it and I did a pretty bad job. But I stayed in and I ended up making it to, I think it was seven out of the ten weeks of that show. And more importantly, it opened up a platform where I was working with a mental health charity at the time. I got asked to speak about what I'd been going through. I was able to raise money for mental health awareness And it started this platform where I started getting asked to talk in the media, at schools, at organizations. And at the time, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was getting asked to go there and I just spoke from the heart. I just gave a raw story about myself. And I remember going into these schools and kids would be coming up after saying, thank you so much for sharing that. I was just being honest and vulnerable. And I'm not saying I have always had that ability. As you can hear in this story, it was something so far removed from my psyche. And it's really, you know, the one way we can start to break down stigmas just by being vulnerable, showing that it's okay to be vulnerable. Ironically, you know, this reality show consolidated one of the most meaningful lessons of my life about just not listening to these negative thoughts, not caring about whether you're good, bad or indifferent or something, just doing what you want to do for yourself, not worrying about what other people thought. 
from doing those talks. I kept doing them for the last 10 years. I've worked for a range of behavior change companies. I ended up running my own seminar company, speaking in schools, organizations. It organically happened. I've been involved in the entertainment world. Um, The other work I do in line with what I do in mental health and developing wellness programs, creating content, is acting. And I got into the acting originally to actually help with the public speaking. I ended up falling in love with it. I very quickly realized acting's about vulnerability. Acting's about having to confront all these different parts of yourself. Acting's about, you know, psychology, understanding yourself, understanding other people. It's very hard to play someone else if you don't know yourself well. So you've got to really be able to look yourself in the mirror and see what, what's true. And uh, yeah, I have been doing that ever since, pursuing acting and doing this work in mental well-being and feel very fortunate to be able to work in an area where occasionally it can you know, help someone. Like I, what I've always said about this work that I'm doing, I know I'm not going to change the world on my own, but if I can just help one person, then it's all been worth it. And that's why I continue doing what I do. So... I just want to bring all of that into this podcast. I want to bring you people that you guys have heard about, that you guys are interested in hearing about. Wellness teachers, different areas such as meditation, such as breathing exercises, such as sleep, different areas of wellness that you want to learn about. I want to bring that information to you, you know, package it in in a really palatable way. So I hope that we're able to achieve that through this podcast. We're going to be wanting to hear from you guys about what else you want us to put into the podcast. I'm just excited to go on this journey with you guys. So I want to say thank you to anyone who's listening to this. Please stay tuned and, you know, look out. We've got some really exciting episodes coming up. And again, thanks for listening.